This is not a military takeover. Stand by for action. Anything can happen in the next hour. Sit yourself down, strap yourself in, as you're going to be listening to Armitage on the Paranoid Squirrel Rock Show, where over the course of the next hour, you'll be exposed to music that you should hear on the radio, but don't. Evening all, what a packed programme I have for you tonight. Hopefully, uh, I'll be able to squeeze everything in that I would like to impart with you. Uh, kicking things off this week are the Razorbats and their just-released single, as in today. That's the 11th of October. Streaming, downloading and future non-rock radio UK listeners, White Trash Radio. Now, where did I put that Vaseline? <laughs> Anyone I know is on to 
If you are in the Razorbacks hometown of Oslo on the 22nd, you'll be able to catch them live at the John D. supporting the Michael Munro Band. And it's only a week to go before the Munro's one-man gang hits the real and virtual record shops. Ooh, ooh, and indeed, ooh. In the meantime, I'm going to play from What You Want, his take on the Rod's Do Anything You Want to Do, the original version. Uh, to me, anyway, it's very upbeat in the manner of the world is your oyster. It's yours for the taking. Whilst Michael's sounds like someone has really pissed him off and is saying, fuck you, fuck off, just do what you want to do, but don't include me. I think Adam Bomb and his Pink Gibson guys played on the album, which does answer a lot of questions. Allegedly. <laughs> Everybody. 
I only got to see Eddie and the Hot Rods a few times. Sadly, not back in the day. Uh, the first time was around the time of the uh, Gasoline Days album at the bottom line in Shepherd's Bush in the uh, mid-90s. Uh, funny anecdote time. As I walked in with Paul Gray, he got stopped for not having a ticket while I just swan straight in to the sound of Mr Gray remonstrating with the guy in the door with those immortal words, but I'm in the band. I can't remember the last time I saw them, but it certainly wasn't within the last few years. Although I did catch up with um, Barry at the Half Moon in Putney uh, in March 2016 when uh, he, along with the original Hot Rods drummer Steve Nichol, and from the Vibrators Nigel Bennett and one-time Wilco Johnson bassist Russ Strutter had the class of 76. Of course, I got Barry to sign my damned Hot Rods album cover, while Steve... Uh, yeah, he forgot to click the pen on, so just engraved it. Actually, thinking about it, the last time I saw the Hot Woods was at uh, this year's Viva Rock Awards, where they played a four or five song set, and then Barry picked up um, a well-deserved Pioneer Award. Uh, I knew he was uh, in poor health, uh, hence the Hot Rods calling it a day, but it was still a surprise to read last Wednesday that he'd passed away. A few weeks ago, I mentioned how Paul Gray and Steve Nichols seemed to be the uh, go-to guys in the late 70s, playing with both Larry Wallace and Johnny Thunders. It wasn't until Remarkable Records posted a picture of who played on Downtown from the So Alone LP that I was reminded that Barry wasn't left out, but was at these sessions contributing vocals to said track. Uh, It might have been written by Johansson and Thunders, but with Masters, Gray and Nichols, It was more or less Eddie and the Hot Rods featuring Johnny Thunders.
As we all know, or if you don't, you soon will, Paul Gray left the Hot Rods in early 1980 to join the Damned in time for their masterpiece of an LP in the shape and form of the Black Album. Staying with them for three years, it included the uh, Friday the 13th EP and the Strawberries Album before jumping ship to join UFO. Of course, Paul joined the band uh, on more one of their many farewells to us of the early 90s, uh, the set of which included the original foursome of Rat, Brian, Captain and Vanian before the Black Album Strawberries lineup took over. 96 saw Vanian reunite with Captain and Paul, along with Gary Dreadful, uh, although Paul was replaced by Patricia Morrison quite soon afterwards. Fast forward almost 20 years to 2017, and once again, Paul was back just in time to add his bass to the band's most recent album, Evil Spirits. I think there are four official Damned compilations, and 1981's The Best of the Damned, 87's Light at the End of the Tunnel, 94's Eternally Damned, and 2002's Smash It Up, Open Brackets, The Anthology, Close Brackets. Before you all start emailing me with the name of the other 50 or 60 other compilations I know about them but official yeah it's really stretching the definition cash in and fleecing I think are more apt anyway the point of all this is that on the 24th black is the night open brackets the definitive anthology close brackets is hitting the real and virtual record shops I personally think that the word definitive is probably in this case also stretching the bounds of its meaning nothing from not of this all right in the beanstalk, and uh, nothing from who's paranoid. As I've mentioned before, it's saving grace, of course, one previously, if not brand new song. Uh, In this instance, it's a title track that sounds something like this.
I've given up on machine gun etiquette getting the 40th anniversary makeover like the Ramones and Motor have done for their respective releases. I shake my head. Well, come on. If it was going to happen, we would have heard of it by now. Unless the powers that be didn't want anything to affect the sales of the compilation. I am ever the optimist. Yeah, all right, my trying to kid. Anyway, Michael Munro isn't the only former Hanoi Rocks member releasing new material. As his two-time guitaring foil, Andy McCoy, issued a few weeks ago the 21st Century Rocks album. Yeah, I would have played something from it earlier, but it took slightly longer to reach me from Finland than I had hoped. But it's all good, and it's all here. Uh, it's been a while since we've had a new McCoy product. Admittedly, there was the Soul Satisfaction EP from last year that I failed to notice. Uh, I only found out while I was checking to see if Grease Helmet was Andy's last Bode-a-fied release. Fortunately, all but one of those tracks crop up on the aforementioned and said 21st Century Rocks album. Having listened to it on repeat, most of last weekend, once with the squirrel, giving it her considered opinion, I would have to say it's a return to form. Not that Andy has been off form. Yeah, there might have been a few missteps, but arguably you could say this was the Hanoi album that should have come out after Street Poetry. I definitely can hear Michael uh, singing the title track, and this is rock and roll. <laughs>
was the last track from 21st Century Rocks, and I personally wouldn't have had it faded out. A last defiant cry of, this is rock and roll, then suddenly it ends, is uh, what I would have done. Yeah, but what do I know? Uh, another track that I missed when it was released was the new one from The Moons of Saturn, in the shape and form of Gimme Some More, that came out at the beginning of last month. The band's previous and only other release of Money and Submission came out at the beginning of this year. That you can hear on episode 670. Moons of Sam, if you need a reminding, are Hacken Gosses. Sorry, I pronounced your name wrong. A guitarist with the Cursed Pet Project. Uh, back in February, I said I wasn't sure who the other members of the band were. But on closer inspection, Peter... Basis from the curse is also involved along with a drummer called Erica Strunstrom. Radio UK, home of the best in rock. Turn it up. 
the moons of saturn and give me some more you heard indonesian junk and the radio edit version of wild wild party the unedited version which can be found on the band's new album spider Bites. is it just me or did you get a uh, black halos vibe from it answers on a postcard right as we are at the halfway mark i better crack on with a roundup of this week's live shenanigans saturday uh saw me down drive uh, down drive down to brighton for the first date of the Wild Hearts Diagnosis Tour. Um, has this tour got a name? Probably. Well, the AAA Lanyards had the cover of the new mini-album on them, so I'll go with that. Actually, I think it's a Renaissance Men Part 2. Whatever. Anyway, <laughs> the venue of choice on Saturday was the Concord 2. That, because of a club afterwards, had a curfew of 10 o'clock. Now, I personally like early curfews for two reasons. Reason one, uh, you don't have to rush off straight afterwards to get the last train meaning you can catch up with friends because you, you know, clearly don't chat to them when the bands are playing unless you know security are trying to hurry you out reason two if you do leave straight after the gig you can enjoy those extra hours of unconsciousness otherwise known as additional sleep arguably the downside is um, an early start meaning that i had to leave home about four o'clock where to my dismay Madeira Drive, where the Concorde 2 is, and where I usually park my car, was closed off until 6 o'clock for some sort of VW campervan rally. Fortunately, I found a space on the road that runs parallel to it, directly above the venue. Uh, After collecting the squirrel from the pipeline, we started to queue about 6.15, along with 40 other like-minded individuals. And with a door time of 6.30, and the opening band Janice Stark on at quarter to 7, we didn't think... There was going to be any problem getting in to start, see the start of their set. Yeah, we were wrong. At 6.37, the doors were finally open. Now, 
Back in the day, you'd have a physical ticket that the guy on the door would tear off. Uh, the stub, mate, taking a matter of seconds. Not so the Concorde 2. Producer code, reference number, to the person sat in the box office booth who will type it into the computer that will confirm or deny you entry. Sounds pretty straightforward and quick, doesn't it? It isn't. Too much faffing around. We missed the first minute or so of Enemy Lines. Now, you may think, well, it's only the first song in the first minute, but come on. Janis Stark weren't there just to make up numbers. They have a brand new spanking album out called Angel in the Flames on uh, November the 15th through Time and Matter Recordings. Well, it would make sense to keep the momentum going. And I do believe pre-sale orders are up and running. If not, they soon will be in a matter of days. Uh, As well as first time on vinyl, reissue of their debut 1997 album, Great Adventure Cigar. So, Janice Stark want to show a crowd what they can do and what they've got. So stuff can be taken home. And for that to happen, it would have been really helpful if the doors opened on time, or maybe 30 minutes before stage time, meaning um, potential more beer revenue, instead of, like me, just dashing straight past the bar to watch the band. Anyway, their 30-minute set obviously drew more on Cigar than Angel, but uh, I was pleased that I wasn't the only guy down the front on the barrier singing along. A few songs into the set, I did turn round to discover a healthy body of people behind me. So, all's well. That ends well. After the set, I found a squirrel and told her we could now leave as my evening was now complete. From the set album, this is Dead Dead. Flatline. Do you need a sign of life? Maybe 
do not forget, as well as the remaining Wild Hearts dates, Jazz Stark are in London on the 24th at the Hope and Anchor. I shall see you there. Right, question time. Were the professionals good with Steve Jones? Answer, yes, Armitage, they were. Are the professionals good without Steve Jones? Answer, yes, Armitage, they are. And just as an aside, I'll leave you these two observations with you. Uh, Lemmy was the only original member of Motorhead when he died in 2015. Joe Strummer, the only original member of The Clash when they split in 1986. Anyway, now we've cleared that up and I've left you contemplating those two statements. The professionals, sadly, aren't on the whole of the Wild Hearts Tour, branching out on their own after Tuesday's gig in Hull because the first four dates are the strongest band lineup of any tour since the Damned and the Ramones played together at Brixton Academy. Yet I am still praying that the Damned, Michael Monroe and the Wild Hearts do a triple threat headlining tour. Yeah, I know. I hope for a lot. Uh, The professionals plunder, in almost equal measure, old and new songs, even throwing in Silly Thing, a professional songs in all but name, and the audience in now an almost packed Concord 2 are lapping it up. Left, right and centre. It also seems the band will be releasing a new album before the year's end. One of the tracks to be included was played live. And a right earworm it is too.
What on earth can I say about the Wild Hearts that I have not already imparted with you and that you don't already know? Nothing really, apart from to repeat what I said on social media Sunday morning. The Wild Hearts are the most exciting band live and in the studio that the UK has produced since The Damned, The Pistols and The Clash. Go on, I dare you, I triple dare you, to be able to prove me wrong. You can't. Uh, for a band that's had more ups and downs than a theme park full of roller coasters, they all seemed up for it, whatever it is these days. Uh, after 10 years of uh, no new product, this year saw two. The Renaissance Men album earlier this year and last Friday's Diagnosis mini-album. Although sadly nothing from the mini-album, apart from the title track, was aired on Saturday. But before you all rush to hand me tissues to dab my crying eyes, the set list couldn't have been better. Well, obviously it could have been if they'd aired their entire back catalogue. But fan favourites were in abundance with two previously unplayed live songs in the shame of Mindslide and Action Panzer. Now, I'm not sure if the gig was a sellout, but if it wasn't, it must have been pretty close because by the time I left the bar for the start of the Wild Heart set, I couldn't get more than a few feet past the doors. To say I enjoyed myself would be an understatement. So much so, Sunday morning, I put myself tickets for the last night of the tour down in Dover on the 22nd. Stupidly, I should have checked if I could take the next day off work as I didn't fancy getting up you know, getting in at half one in the morning, only to get up four hours later. Obviously, I can't take the time off work. Maybe you should now pass me those tissues.
from the Diagnosis mini-album. That was That's My Goal. I said it was a packed programme. With just over 10 minutes to go, I still have the Alice Cooper concert down in Brighton on Tuesday to tell you about. Now, long-time listeners uh, might remember me saying that when it was announced that the Coop would be playing over here in the UK uh, with the Stranglers and the MC50 as support, that I bulked at the 50 quid price tag. However... Looking at current trends, £50 apparently is comparable, uh, considering I forked out £62.75p to see the damned later this month. Anyway, uh, coming to my rescue was Andy P from the very excellent Fear and Loathing fanzine. Because of his friendship with Fugazi drummer Brendan Kensey, who joins Wayne Kramer, Billy Gould, Kim Hurl and Marcus Durant in the MC50, I was his plus one at the Bryant Centre. Uh, the only stipulation, request was that I could drop him off home afterwards, which I readily agreed to, and duly did. Uh, according to Stage Times, it looks like the uh, MC50 were only allocated 30 minutes, which seemed a travesty. Fortunately, this turned out to be actually about 43, so we got a condensed but adequate set, ending with a storming version of Looking At You. All those people that care in the world, that want to make this world
Well, I've really cocked up the timings this week. Rock Radio UK listeners, I'm really sorry. But in about three minutes, I'm going to get cut off. The good news is if you pop over to Podbean or Spotify tomorrow morning, you can hear this all again, but with the whole of the Stranglers track and my spiel about Alice Cooper. Now, I've only seen the Stranglers live once before uh, at this year's Vive Le Rock Awards and was mightily impressed by what I saw, especially JJ Burnell's bass, sound and playing. It wasn't a conscious decision not to see them. Back in 1983, I had a ticket to see them at Hammersmith Odeon on the 15th of February. Unfortunately, the gig was cancelled as the previous day's the uh, seats in the stalls were ripped up by overzealous fans. 36 years later, I finally got to see a full set by them, and I was totally blown away. These days, the band consists of only two original members, the aforementioned JJ Burnell and keyboardist Dave Greenfield, even if technically hands-warming preceded Dave, co-writing their 1982 single Strange Little Girl. Anyway, with drummer Jet Black retiring from touring in 2015 and Hugh Cornwall jumping ship uh, nearly 30 years ago, their places have been taken by Chim McCauley, and Baz Warren. And uh, what fine replacements they are. Jim certainly has that air of jet about him and could pass off as a younger relative. Baz uh, has been a strangler longer than Hugh, uh, joining in 2000 as lead guitarist, then taking on lead vocal job in 2006. He doesn't come across uh, like either of his predecessors, but sounds like the vocalist of the stranglers, if you know what I mean. If you don't, you need to get a grip on yourself. Did you see what I did there? Money round to buy a money bag. Been around the scene like a shit. 
So, on to the main event. I don't think Alice Cooper could put ever put on a substantive show, even if he tried. Uh, we all know what's going to happen. Guillotine, Frankenstein's Monster, Straight Jacket, and of course the songs. Ah, my goodness, the songs. With an Alice Cooper show, you get pure entertainment. Part of Vaudeville, part of Pantomime, but full of on enjoyment. The 90 minute, 21 song set uh, seemed to go in a flash. Getting things off was uh, Feed My Frankenstein before it cleared into No More Mr. Nice Guy. With a three-guitar assault of Tommy Hendrickson, who I did a uh, double take-off because uh, from where I was sitting, I thought it was Dragon before I realised that if it was, we'd know about it. Uh, Ryan Roxy and the force of nature that is Nita Strauss, along with bassist Chuck Garrick and drummer Glenn Sobel. The classic songs don't... exactly get a breath of fresh air as i think you'll agree uh the original alice cooper band live and on record were untouchable but these days it's a different beast days alice cooper and those songs benefit from it uh that as do the smearing of new ones i was surprised though at uh, no uh, only women bleed or elected but let's face it is this uh he hasn't played them uh, on more of his recent tours. For the encore, it was Under My Wheels, and then, of course, it was Schools Out, with original bassist Dennis Dunaway joining the fray, which I'm going to leave you with. Until next week, take it easy. Take it easy.